Today's reading taken from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been, now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Thanks, Helen. Good morning, everybody. Hey, a big welcome to you, especially to our guests this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sarah. I'm the Associate Pastor here at Kerry Church. And it is absolutely my privilege to bring you the message today. Now, if you are unfamiliar with my preaching style, you need to know straight up that I love congregational participation. So if I ask a question, uh, play along, give me your answer, um, if I say something you agree with, I love a little amen, hallelujah, preach it, sister. That all gives me a bit of encouragement. Um, so yeah, feel free to do that. It's my prayer this morning, and, and Jay uh, prayed this just a minute ago, that as we explore God's word, I pray that you will have an open mind and an open heart and you will allow God to speak into your life and into your circumstances because one of the many great things about God is that he does exactly that. He has the power to meet you right where you are today, right where you are in your journey of life. And so it's my prayer that you will be open to that this morning. Can you do that? Remember I went back to I like participation. Can we do that? Yeah, awesome, good. Hey, uh, we're continuing today in our sermon series titled Romans. Uh, and we've been going through the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Rome. And we're only up to chapter 5 out of 16, and um, you know, that make up the book of Romans. And I think personally, Paul's just been warming up to this point. Uh, Paul has so much to say still, and so I'm hoping that next year we might be able to come back to our Roman series and continue it on. Um, but next week we actually finish up chapter 5, and then we start a new series called Flourishing the week after. So don't miss the season finale, you know, the, the final series uh, sermon. It'll be really great. But this morning we're looking at Romans 5, 1 to 11. And what I love about these verses is that they again tell us 
the gospel story. Paul tells us the good news of Jesus and how God executed his plan to save humanity. Now, many of you, you know the story. You know how it all happened. And for some of you, uh, your life has been changed because you know the truth of it in your heart. uh, And you've been changed by that. And so as we go through this again today, you might be tempted to switch off. You might be tempted to, you know, think to yourself, I already know this. I've heard it every Good Friday for however many years it's been for you. But I want to say it is so very important for you to hear it again. Um, And I've got some reasons why. The first reason is our faith can fluctuate. You know that accepting Jesus into your life and proclaiming him as Lord doesn't mean your problems disappear. Anyone found that? They're still dealing with some problems. Yeah, Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. So it's no surprise that our struggles with sin, our frustrations with nasty bosses or colleagues, um, our disappointments with dysfunctional families, they'll still exist. You know, natural calamities, COVID-19, debilitating, debilitating illnesses and the inability to speak properly will still plague us. And so knowing the gospel well will actually, it gives us a consistent footing in life. It gives us something that we can come back to. It's very consistent. And that's the first reason it's important to hear the gospel again. A second reason is that sometimes we forget, we get distracted, we get discouraged. And the demands of work and family and the appeal of worldly acclaim and success creep in. And we find ourselves losing focus from God. You know, onto all these other things that fight for our time. And if we're honest, that often win. And so the good news is that familiar... Oh, you know what, I practice this word. How many of you know that sometimes I just can't speak properly? Yeah, it's great as a pastor, right? It's really helpful. Familiarity. Yeah, who, thank you. Who else struggles with that word? Yeah, a couple of you. I practiced this so much, and I said to Carl, is this how you say it? Is this how you say it? It's like, yes, that's how you say it. I'm like, I'm going to stuff it up. Familiarity. Familiarity does not breed contempt as far as the Bible is concerned. The fact is that the more acquainted and familiar that we are with the Bible, with the gospel, the more we will be strengthened and able to stand against the wiles of the devil and the trials of the world. So knowing the gospel well keeps us focused on living um, for God. A third reason you need to hear the gospel story again is that we fall short because we are still sinful at heart. No one is perfect, including and maybe even especially Christians, amen? Um, Now, let me prove this to you this morning, okay? We think we're pretty good people, right? Who thinks they're a pretty good person? Yeah, you do. You're just trying to be modest this morning. You think you're good people. Um, And so sometimes we forget that we need forgiveness. And so firstly, um, remember right now that God is watching you, okay? He knows the truth. He knows if you're lying right now. So we're going to be honest in this moment. Can everyone be honest? Yeah, all right. So if you have, we're going, to, we're going to prove that we're still sinful people. All right, if you have ever accidentally, accidentally or on purpose taken a pen from work or the bank or your friend lent you a pen at school, wherever it is, a pen has ended up in your pocket or in your handbag or in your pencil case that isn't your pen, give a clap. 
Yeah, that's right. Honest people here, thank you for being honest. Now remember, we're being honest. So if you have ever told a lie to someone, your spouse, your parents, you told your kids that you ran out of chocolate because you didn't want to share with them, uh, that would never be me. Uh, maybe you lied to your boss as to why you're not at work. If you've ever told a lie, even just a little one, give a clap. Yeah, you know you have. Uh, and last one, you've seen a person walk past, maybe you're at the gym, maybe you see Chris Hemsworth in a movie or in a magazine and you've looked at someone and you've thought in your mind or maybe even said it out loud, gee, God, you did a great job with that person. When you created them, oh, you did a mighty fine job. Anyone ever admired God's creation a little bit too much? Give me a clap. Yeah, I don't know why you guys are clapping about it. We actually have a room full of thieves, liars, and adulterers. Am I right? I'm right. You know it's true. We are still sinful at heart. And remembering the gospel well, it will keep our lives holy or help us to keep our lives holy because we want to please Jesus, don't we? We are sinful at heart, but we want to please Jesus. And so in the second part of our verses today, uh, Romans 5, 6 to 11, we'll come back to the first part. The Apostle, Paul, the Apostle Paul is retelling the gospel story and he's telling his readers that we are all sinners. And it's not that much of a stretch to know that this is the truth because we just proved that. And so no matter how good we might be, we all do still struggle with sin. And because we are sinners, we are separated from God. We can't keep, we're unable to have a relationship with him. We can't keep all the rules. We can't work enough to earn a right standing with God. And so we are powerless in our own right to restore our relationship with him. And so God, being who he is, he made a way. Because of his love for humanity, at the right time, when we were powerless, when we were still sinners, when we were God's enemies, God demonstrated his love for us and he sent his son Jesus to the earth to pay the price needed to restore the relationship. Now we're told that the payment for sin is death. And so Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's through the death of God's son that we are reconciled with him. Now Paul tells us that we have been justified by the blood of Jesus. We have entry to a new life and eternal salvation, and we are saved from God's wrath. Now, we don't have to pay the price for our sin now because Jesus has done that for us. And from Jesus' death, we get all of that. But what's more, now that Jesus is alive, having beat death itself, we now get to live life and live it to the fullest. Isn't that great news? It is. But there is a catch. To experience this reconciliation of God with God, we have to accept it as truth and we have to receive it in faith. Now, you need to believe that God incarnate, Jesus Christ, was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit of God, born fully man and fully God. He came as the perfect sacrifice, a sinless man who died a sinner's death, dying in the place of all humanity on the cross, having taken all of the world's sins onto his body and dying. And then through the power of God's spirit being raised from the dead. Through all of that, God made a path for him and humanity to be reconciled. Our relationship has been restored. 
And you know, all of that sounds hard, and it was, but the hard stuff has been done. Jesus did all of the hard work, and now it is so simple for us. I just, I'm so thankful that it's so simple. We just have to believe. We just need to have faith. You know, we don't have to sacrifice chickens or firstborn children or measure out spices or anything complicated like that. And so that brings us back to the beginning of Romans 5. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, because Jesus did all the hard stuff that we read in Romans 5, 6 to 11, when we have faith, to believe and we receive it. We are justified. We are made right with God and that is so good. But not only that, our faith, according to Romans 5, 1 to 5, also gives us access to some additional benefits that Paul tells us about, which is pretty amazing. And so I wanna share those this morning. And so the first thing we read is about peace with God. So Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Now, it's interesting to notice here that Paul didn't say we have peace of God or even God's peace in us, though both of those things are also true. Instead, Paul said that we have peace with God. And now that tiny word with makes such a big difference. Now remember, Paul originally wrote Romans in Greek, and the word used for with carries shades of meaning in the Greek that we're just not used to today. This word just isn't a you, me, and God standing near each other. Rather, in its ancient cultural context, this with was an active word, um, implying motion and direction. And that's why a few Bible texts translate the word differently and possibly even closer to its original meaning. So for example, um, one translation is, we have peace toward God through our Lord Jesus Christ, or we have peace towards God through Jesus. The ancient idea here is that um, it's one of deliberate movement towards something. And so you place that within Paul's context of Romans 5.1 and you see a picture of a man or a woman moving forward, unhindered toward a welcoming God. Peace with God. You can now come boldly before God because God is not at war with you. Now when there's hostility between uh, you and God, when we sin and make ourselves enemies of God, it's a one-way battle. Because through Christ, God refuses to make himself our enemy in return. Our relationship is restored and we have peace with God. Secondly, Romans 5.2, we have gained access by faith into this grace in, um, in which we now stand. Now through our Lord Jesus Christ, we are now in a special position. We have crossed a barrier, we have gained access, and we've entered into a place that was formerly off-limits before. And just like our justification, this entry was also by faith and not by our own merits, not by something good we have done. It's because of our faith in the good that Jesus has done. And this, this place, this special place that we've entered into, it's not such... It's not a physical location that we stand in. It's a spiritual position in relation to God. 
We are now continually in a relationship of grace with God. This grace is undeserved. Uh, It's loving kindness and favor and mercy over our lives. Despite how we mess up our lives sometimes, we stand under God's showering of grace because God is just that good. And so, so far, Paul has shown us that we live in a state of being at peace with God uh, forever. No longer are we in danger of receiving his angry justice for our now forgiven sin. And he's also told us by faith we have obtained access to God's grace and are even now receiving it. Thirdly, Paul tells us that we have a joy that comes from having the absolutely sure hope of experiencing the glory of God for eternity. Through our faith in Christ, Romans 5, 2-3 says, We boast in the hope of the glory of God, and we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, essentially, hope is the person or thing in which your expectations are centered. The person or persons or thing or things in which your expectations for the future or your expectations are centered. Now, these are the things that you're leaning into. These are the things that, as you look into the future, uh, your hope is in that. Your hope is in that relationship. Your hope is in that company. Your hope is in this profession. Your hope is in your ability. Your hope is in your looks. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm quickly losing hope in that one. But your hope is whatever you have, have centered your expectation on. As Christians, our hope is in Jesus. Our expectation is in the faith that when we leave this earth, we get to live our eternity with God. We are at peace with God. He extends his grace to us and we will one day be living in his presence. Our hope is in the belief that God is with us in all circumstances. That is where our hope lies. It lies in Jesus. And what is encouraging about these verses is that it reminds us that as Christians, when we suffer and we sometimes do, it isn't for nothing. We can celebrate our sufferings, which sounds really crazy, I know, because if we're being serious about suffering, suffering isn't a fun place to be in. We don't necessarily feel happy or enthusiastic about hard circumstances, but instead, those who are saved, who have expressed faith in Christ, we can declare to ourselves that this suffering is worthwhile. It provides us an opportunity to grow into the people that God is calling us to be. We can actually be reminded through these verses that the suffering has purpose and we don't need to suffer on our own. As Christians, what we lean, what we lean into God, sorry, when we lean into God during our suffering, we grow in our ability to endure and persevere. And so when the going gets tough, we can keep going. And when life throws curveballs, we can keep going. And when things don't go according to plan, we can keep going. And this builds our character, and in turn, our hope is strengthened. Our hope that there is more to life than this. The hope that one day we, we won't be needing to suffer anymore. The hope that we have in Jesus. So through our faith in Christ, we have peace. We have grace. We have hope. Fourthly, through our faith in Christ, Romans 5, 5, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, Paul mentions this kind of like an afterthought, but I think this is my favorite part. 
through our faith in Jesus, we get to experience peace, grace, hope, and love. Now, remember when we went through the gospel story at the beginning, we'd heard that it was because God loved us that he sent Jesus to die in our place in the first place. It's God's love for humanity. It was there before the cross. It was at the cross and it's there for us now. Now we know at the cross, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You all know that verse. But here in these verses, um, we see that God continues to express his love for us, his love for us that was there for all of time, that will continue to be there. And Paul is telling us that God's love has been poured into our hearts, not just a few drops, it's been poured into our hearts. How? Through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, this is the first time Paul mentioned the Holy Spirit in this letter up until now. Um, But we know, as you continue to read Romans, Paul talks extensively about the Holy Spirit. But here he just gives us a little snippet. Um, And now I don't want to ruin the surprise, but we're told further on in the letter that in addition to love, the Holy Spirit gives life, he sets us free, he helps us in our weakness. We are told that in actual fact, if we have the Holy Spirit, we are no longer controlled by sin, but by the Spirit. And we're also told that if you don't have the Spirit, in fact, you don't belong to Christ. Let that one sink in for a minute. If you don't have the Spirit, you don't belong to Christ. Now, many people are unsure about this Spirit. Some people are so unsure that they deny the Holy Spirit. But we read in the text, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you don't belong to Christ. And if you don't belong to Christ, then you can't have a relationship with God the Father. And that might be something for you to consider today. And I encourage you, if you want to speak more about that, explore that a bit more, come and speak to one of the pastoral staff. Come and, go and speak to your connect group. Um, maybe speak to one of our pastoral and discipleship elders after the service and just unpack that. But in addition to receiving peace, grace, hope and love, we receive the Holy Spirit who comes with power who stirs our hearts for the things of God. If you have put your faith in Christ, you have God living inside of you. And if you are not excited about that, I do not know what will excite you this morning because that is pretty incredible. The truth is that God loves you so much that he just gives us these great things. Even while living in a world that is broken, that is hopeless, that is seemingly at times void of love, Our peace is of, in, and with God. We experience grace every time we hurt the heart of God. We have hope that there is more to life than what the world offers. There is more than what we see now. And we can experience a love that is greater than any love we could ever experience outside of God. What a generous God we worship here today, amen? Hey, let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you made a way when there was no way. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the hope you give us, that there is more than what we see in the here and now. For the hope that you will finish what you have begun. Thank you for your love and thank you for your faithfulness. 
a church as you're still praying today, I encourage you to consider your relationship with God today. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Do you belong to God today? I want to say so clearly that coming to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. I want you to really seriously consider, take a moment to consider your relationship with Christ today. If you are unsure or you realize that you've never actually invited Jesus to be Lord over your life and you've never received his free gift of salvation, then I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart this morning. I'm gonna pray and you can pray it in your heart. Let's pray, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I wanna trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. I thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, welcome to the family. Huge welcome to you. I'm so excited for you. I would love for you to tell someone today. Maybe tell the person you came with. Um, or come and tell me. I would love to connect with you. You can even head to our information wall. We've got connect cards. You can write on there, today I gave my life to Jesus. You can write a few of your personal details in there. And I will, I will give you a call during the week and uh, I can give you some encouragement and we can talk about what the next steps are and what this means for you. But right now we're going to worship God uh, you know, the, the name of Jesus is just beautiful. It is wonderful. It is powerful. So let's stand to our feet and let's worship and give Him the praise that He deserves today.